You're listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. Thank you for your time. Yay! <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And here we are. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. If that didn't blow out your eardrums or your car speakers or wherever you're listening to this on, hold on, let me turn it up and it will. Just kidding, I'm turning it down. For all of you sensitive listeners, thank you again for tuning back to the Anna Vivo podcast. We are joined today by the one and only, literally the only, Joanne Crompton. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, Tim. Hello. Thank you for having me. And I am so excited today to have you on the air. Yeah, thank you. We are gathered for the listeners uh, just tuning in, gathered here in my home, little home office by our fireplace that is not on because it would get too toasty in here. And um, as a reminder to all of you listening in, uh, this is not a professional podcast, so you may hear the... And you may also hear children (laughs) running up and down the hall, and you may hear uh, our dog or whatever else is going on in the background. So uh, just take that with a grain of salt, and thank you for your grace. And uh, now I am pleased to introduce you to Joanne Crompton, who is just this amazing sort of all-around woman who... Can I use the word exotic? Because that's not... (laughs) Sure. I definitely am an odd duck. I understand. (laughs) Oh, odd would be a different word. I was going to say exotic, but (laughs) odd, sure, we'll go with that. Uh, Where were you born? I was born in Ghana, West Africa. Look at that. And you're, are you Ghanese? Uh, Ghanaian. For our listeners here. Um, I actually looked into it when I turned 18 to see if I could get dual citizenship. Really? Mm-hmm. But Ghana didn't allow it at the time. So Interesting. Yeah. So I'm just just plain old American. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I do have a Ghanaian name. It's called Ekua. Oh. Ekua. It's my... Because the, the tribe that I was closest to where I was born, they would have... Um, they would name you based on your the day of the week. That you were born. So I'm Wednesday born. Akua. So yeah. that literally means Wednesday? Yes. Akua? Mm-hmm. It sounds way that's prettier. Why, that's why, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Wednesday. That's why you hear a lot of like Kofi's and stuff because that's a, oh. that's actually, I think it's like Thursday or Friday born. Is that a common do. day to be born on? I guess so. <laughs> Where were you nine months ago? Exactly. <laughs> what day was it? Okay. It's wow. a good system, really. <laughs> Well, it seems like it would be the first seven people that were born, but after that, <laughs> now you're yeah. the second. Yes. <laughs> Do they have a way to differentiate in months as well? Is it your middle name? Uh, no, oh, they okay. they have a so a way to differentiate between the older and younger born. So, oh, so cool. like my sister was also born on a Wednesday. Oh no. So- <laughs> I know. She ruined everything. Um, so then it was Ikua Kakraba and Ikua Penin, the older uh, and the younger. Okay. So. Okay. Wow. Did they shorten that? Is that like a junior and senior kind of thing in the U.S.? Like no. Just, oh. <laughs> cool. Well, that's kind of exciting. A little little yeah. bit of trivia you for you. So you were Have born in Ghana, mm-hmm. Ghanaian. Mm-hmm. And why were you born there? What were you? What were your parents doing at the time? They were missionaries with the navigators as okay. well. Their heart was to to help disciple the the locals there, and they worked initially in Cape Coast, which was the um, they had a university there. So they were working with university students, okay. which is it's about two hours um, to the east of the capital city in Accra. Um, okay. So I was born there and grew up 
in that area until I was about, well, we came back from my first grade year to the States. And then after that, we moved to the, the capital. So I was the there for about five years. year for you to have U.S. education is your first grade. <laughs> <laughs> yes, We absolutely. will not have a South African first grader. We're going to do it in the U.S. Okay, interesting. No, it was just their, their rotation of the furloughs that, sure, because they needed yeah. to come back for a break too. So it was... They went in the 80s, and it was very tough. They had a they had a famine. They had a coup going on in Ghana. Um, so, yeah, so the fact that my parents, like, stuck it out as long as they yeah, did. Yeah, and how many siblings do you have? I have two older brothers and a younger sister. And so, so you were all born? The oldest one was born in Tacoma. Okay. And then about nine months after he was born, then my parents left to And then Africa. they had the other three of you in the, in the middle of this famine and coup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like bring it on. Like, yeah. why not? Right. It's amazing. When you're trusting the Lord with uh, fullness of his riches and kingdom, I mean, there's Amen. no limits, right? So. Yeah, I'm so impressed at what my, my wow. parents did because yeah, they just they just faced the challenges head on and God met them in every single situation. So were they navigator missionaries for, I mean, had they been doing this already for a long time or was this like hey, we decided to join the Navigators, and wow, our first stop is gone. (laughs) (laughs) My dad had been part of the Navigators, but he had been part of it with the military, first in Okinawa, Japan, after he got out of the Vietnam War. Yeah. And then then he actually was over in um, the Joint Base Lewis McCord um, with the military for years, and that's where he met my mom when he was out in this area because she was a substitute teacher in the um, Seattle area. Cool. So, Yeah. So he was very military focused, mm-hmm. as traditionally the navigators have been, starting mm-hmm. in the Navy and mm-hmm. working with the military primarily and, and first most. And now, of course, we we know they've spread to cities and college campuses and all sorts of different um, uh, avenues that the navigator ministry has um, has sort of poured into. But one of them is apparently this overseas. So why why did they go? What branch of the navigators, or what was that, or was he just like, we're out? <laughs> and by the way, I'm a navigator. <laughs> yeah, no, my dad always had. Um, he always wanted to see what else was going on, like mm. besides just the navigator ministry. Um, so he took uh, like a whole month to go travel around with this um, other ministry, and that was over in Africa. And so as he was learning more about Africa, he went to like Kenya and South Africa, wow. all different places with this month, other ministry. With this other yeah. ministry. Um, he was just learning what they did, and God really worked on his heart to just have a, a passion for those over in Africa. And so cool. when he came back, um, this opportunity came up with the navigators. They asked him if he would consider going to Ghana, and he was—so um, they had just gotten married, my mom and my dad, and they both went and just took some time together or away or, like, separately, mm-hmm. um, and were praying to God, what should we do? Is this where we should go? And it was Abraham— or. Abraham in um, Genesis 12, okay. where it says, go leave your homeland and go to a nation that I'm showing you. And God spoke to them both separately with mm. that exact same passage to go to Ghana. And so that's what they did. They wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. packed everything up. And, and when I say packed everything up, I mean like they had to take stuff for like two two years of stuff because yeah. they knew there was a famine. So. Sure, and this is the '80s. I yeah. mean, figure you're out Amazoning. Amazoning. Yeah, is that an adjective now? Can we use that? <laughs> you're not. You're not googling things and getting right? it sent to nope. you. So nope. yeah, yeah. Wow. So it was. It was very much a leap of faith and um, trying to figure out how to. 
how, how much toothpaste do you think you'll need yeah. for two years? <laughs> you figure <laughs> like, that out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Where do we get the toothpaste when we run out? And, that, mm-hmm. and I'm sure, you know, you're in South Africa. They're, they went immediately. Well, it was in West they Africa. They went to yeah. Uh, Ghana, yeah, mm-hmm. initially, and they were there that whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, what was the navigators doing out there? Was it was his mission a traditional navigator ministry of discipling other men of a local church there? Or were they establishing schools or were they working in... Um, they were working uh, with the collegiate campus? ministry okay. or the, the initially, and it was slightly different in the fact that, like, my dad was um, also trying to figure out ways to help them just learn a li- earn a living, really. Sure. So, like, yeah. he would he helped them come up with ideas of, hey, maybe if you guys raise chickens, you yeah. you could have more you know income <clears throat> and stuff because they had nothing. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it was. Um, not just the mentality of how do we help them spiritually, but we right. also have to help them physically because Which they are in Which is probably the most important need. initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many people come in with a spiritual mission and forget all about the, yeah. <laughs> the physical mm-hmm. mission? Well, and the idea of not just handing out money too, but trying sure. to show them yeah. ways that they can actually learn a living, earn a living for themselves too. Now, were they sponsored by a church back here in Washington? But when they went, or was it navigator traditional navigator support? Hey, we're looking to all of our... Family and friends support us. Yeah, on this. it was the second one. Okay. Yeah, they, I mean they had they had a good church in the Kent area that my mom had been part of okay. that really um, supported them. But yeah, a lot of different families, friends, just wow. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. that's cool. And so, when did you leave? At what age did you leave Africa? Uh, the summer before I turned thirteen. Okay. So. So you were a full grown woman at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Funny story. So. <laughs> The the December the December before I came back, I went with my dad all the way up to the northern um, northern part to the villages, very rural tribal villages. I had never been out to that like area before. Is this like the gods must be crazy type? <laughs> yes. Uh, people, okay, like yes. Coke bottle falls out of the sky and they think God is answering. Okay, I mean, it. like that. They've kind seen. Of they've seen. Yes, but like there was a picture of. There was a story of the the reason we were out there is because my dad had ministered to this guy who ended up in out in this rural area, mm. saw a picture of Jesus and uh, like a picture of Jesus, like actually drawn somewhere on um, like hanging on somebody's wall. Wow. And they asked him, like, do you know who that is? And they had no idea. Mm. And so then they shared the gospel. And so then cool. that whole village came to Christ. And wow. so, yeah. So <laughs> then cool. so then my dad was like, oh, we should go follow up. And so he invited me to come out, you know, as a 12 year old to see what his dad was doing was so cool. Um, And then my brother also came with. And so we all took the trick all the way up north. And this is, you know, driving our, the old beat up truck that he had, we're driving up north. And I was, um, yep, it it was exciting, but I was definitely like, I had no idea what to expect. But out there, um, there was like a, an older chief who was probably in his fifties and He asked my dad if he could marry me. Oh wow! The <laughs> so yes, apparently I was. <laughs> apparently I was of age. All that to say, yes, a full-grown woman. <laughs> and I was not having it. <laughs> Did so. your dad even pause? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> like uh, a joke. Yeah, he's like, he's like um, hmm, interesting. <laughs> How does the dowry system work in Ghana? Who pays who? He was trying to be very polite and just. Yeah, I think he just sort of laughed it off as a joke. Wow, which is sort of 
also not a joke considering that's probably what they actually do with yeah. their own tribal people. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I mean, you, go, you think of Mary. How mm-hmm. old is Mary traditionally supposed to be when she was pregnant yeah. with Christ, right? Yeah, or or betrothed to mm-hmm. Joseph. Yeah, young teenager. So, wow. Okay. It's funny <laughs> slash terrifying story. <laughs> My dad protected me. That's, of course. That's <laughs> and your brother. Yes. Shout out to your brother. Yes. So, um, so that you left Africa at that point, and you guys all came back here mm-hmm. to Washington? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then you were raised in the traditional American way from then on. Or were you all Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what um, did you what did you do? What did he do? What did they do as a family? So yeah, so my my parents still worked with the navigators, but they okay. decided to to focus their ministry on the, the Seattle metro area. Mm. So that's um that's what my dad's heart was to just try to connect people around the, the Seattle area and to help them grow in cool. walking with God. Okay. Um so yeah, so I, you know, I admired what they did, but I I never really got that involved with what they did. Sure. Um, I had my own stuff going on in high school, and you know, yeah. trying to figure out where on earth I'm going to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the details of life. Yeah. Did you have a pretty strong identity of who you were because you had been raised in a way that wasn't just a, a traditional American Christian culture, but getting to witness what true Christianity was, did you? would you say that you had a stronger identity in who you were and you weren't kind of struggling with that as a typical young teenage girl? Or did you still experience a lot of those, like especially a new culture, coming back and like, who am I? Yeah, I, there was a little of both. I mean, I from an early age, I felt like God was a close friend as I accepted him as mm. my Lord and Savior. Um, so I always knew he was around and I would, I remember reading the Bible even, you know, even in third grade. Um, but yeah, coming back to the States, it was, I had this, you know, crazy idea that the States was very much just a lot of fun and always fun (laughs) because all I knew of the States was when I came back for vacations. Right. Yeah. And so. Which is all fun. Right. It was all fun. Um. They have air conditioning here. Yeah. (laughs) So <laughs> the doors open automatically at the supermarket. It is amazing. They have Oreos here. I'm uh, just gonna say that's true. <laughs> sleeves and sleeves. Like, what is this? This land of milk and Oreos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the promises of the Bible are real. Yes, it's you and the my wife things. both. <laughs> yeah. No, I I came back and I. I definitely didn't realize like how much I would miss mm. Ghana and like the friends I'd left there and stuff. Sure. Um, and that's one of the things that was hard is just coming back and realizing, oh wow, I have to actually start a life here and mm. like make new friends and what's that like? And you know, I had watched um, Saved by the Bell. I don't know if you remember oh. that old school. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that's what high school's like, right? The TV show. <laughs> the TV show, yes. Saved by the Bell. Um, and like that was not what high school was yeah, like. Yeah. So, yeah, but God was merciful. He gave me some good friends that I, you know, like, really, the hardest thing, you go into the the cafeteria and you're like, where do I sit? Like, what do I do? Yeah. Um, Because everybody has their own, you know, cliques of people that they've they've already grown up with. with And, and yeah, and you're the odd odd weird one that's coming in. Exotic. Exotic, thank you. (laughs) The exotic one that's like, I wore, like, the exact same sweatshirt almost every single day because I was like, I'm just so cold. What is this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, culture shock, environment shock, spiritual shock. So you've got a, a family of three other siblings mm-hmm. that are also going through the same thing, and and 
in a family, the parents that are, you know, navigating new career fields or new places. And granted, they're from here-ish, and so there was some familiarity in the Seattle and Washington area. But that, outside of each other and, and that, you guys really, you know, your anchor is the Lord at this yeah. point. And so would you say from a testimony perspective, when you came to know the Lord, what is it during a time of deep transition and deep, I don't know, I don't want to say pain, but deep struggle. And, and that's where I find the Lord. That's where I'm, I'm grasping from. That's where I come to know who I am and, and where I find my assurance of salvation is through his continued faithfulness in these darker times. Or were you kind of already, you're a missionary kid, you know, there's this expectation of like, of course, you already know Jesus, you know, all this stuff. And you're from Africa and you had that experience back in Africa. Um, yeah, I definitely believed in, in God and, and knew him at a very early age. But every single one of these these times where, you know, it would hit me like, oh, my gosh, I don't have any friends. Mm. You know, it it was every single one was a time for me to choose. Am I going to turn away from God or turn to him? And thankfully, I did have think about it. Yeah, yeah, I did have parents and, and siblings that were pointing towards God. And so, you know, especially just seeing my parents and how they they loved each other and how they mm. loved others around and how they truly walked the walk. It wasn't just about, um, it was a personal relationship with God. And yeah. so I knew that there was something different. And so I, you know, would try to turn towards God, you know, and, and, but it was hard, you know, and I remember, um, thankfully, uh, about a year after I came back, that's when I met my best friend, Karen. Mm. Like she was actually, shout out to Karen. Yeah. Shout out to Karen. <laughs> um, she, her parents had been missionaries with the, with the navigators over in Vienna, Austria, and oh, that's cool. where she was born. Yeah. And so, um, but then she was in the Seattle area and it was, uh, 4th of July that we met, we all met as a, like the two families came together and had a 4th of July Some dinner. sort of just navigator gathering, like, hey, you guys were born overseas, we're born overseas, <laughs> we've got this weird <laughs> thing Well, my on. parents, yeah, I think they were just looking for other navigators in okay. the area and um, they they found out that the Alberts were there and so we went and had 4th of July um, with them and that's when I first met her and she was doing um, Bible quizzing, which is basically you memorize books of the Bible. Who does that? I know. <laughs> Exot exotic people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then you would quiz on them. And um, this rem- was Karen. Karen was doing this. Karen was doing this. At what and age so- is this now? So she was. Well, you guys she did met it. at the Fourth of July, and you were. Yeah, so she was probably 16, 15 okay. or sixteen, um, and I, you know, I was like fourteen at the time, um, or right before I turned fourteen. And so I decided to to join Bible quizzing as well. And so. Um, we became good friends with that. And that really helped me grow too, because yeah. you would memorize these books of the Bible. And even though I can't quote them like to this day, I couldn't, <laughs> but they were still, they're still in me at some point, right. you know, um, and God really used them to work on my heart and even work on my ability to memorize things yeah. that I, you know, have used all my life. Uh, so that was exciting too, how God orchestrated that so that I would meet my best friend and then also do this, um, little different <laughs> pastime <laughs> of Bible quizzing. And they had like regional competitions and national competitions. Wow. But yeah, my senior year though, we were really good. We were a really good team and we were expected to win everything. And I also was um, doing a, uh, uh, me and this other girl were going to be singing and we had a singing competition with the same national competition. Um, and we were also supposed to do really well and God allowed everything to fall apart. And I, wow. that was one of the 
one of the moments that I remember really clearly of just having to go to God and be like, God, why are you really good even in all the disappointments and in the pain? Um, because this is not how things were supposed to go. Like, <laughs> you know, if, if they'd bet, it, bet on it in Las Vegas, you know, they would have bet that we would have won because yeah, like, yeah. we were doing so well. Um, and yet God, you know, for one, re- you know, one reason or another, just allowed it all to fall apart. Mm. And, um, but thankfully he used that as for my heart to really, really understand that, yeah, like it's not about just being all perfect in life, right? Getting, getting <laughs> exactly right. All perfect. It's about my relationship with God and that mm. even when things are really hard um, and disappointing, he is still good and he can still use that for good, which is yeah. um, a great learning tool that I needed for the rest of my life, right? I mean, and so I was a senior in high school when I learned that and, you know, had to learn it many, many other times. <laughs> but. Yeah, but I mean, talk about, you know, going back to his continued sustaining faithfulness. Mm-hmm. If, you know, the other side of that track is just a long road of pride too of like look at what i did look at my accomplishments look at you know and so in his mercy it's it's allowing that struggle but man that's got i was and it, yeah. that's, that's mm-hmm. speaking of i mean this could be so hard you're not just any year but your senior year right like this mm-hmm. is your what everyone's going to remember mm-hmm. <laughs> right yep right wow. you're supposed to finish strong <clears throat> and i did not finish yeah. strong <laughs> <laughs> that's okay i finished strong in god <clears throat> which was important that's right yeah, yeah. What high school was this? So I went to um, Bothell High School, but okay. like my senior year, I actually did a lot of high, um, college classes through mm. Running Start and stuff. So, okay. but all that disappointment was really through the the national competition where mm-hmm. we were through the church that we were going, yeah, to do our Bible quizzing and stuff with. But that's okay. We. Um beat Bothell our senior year in football, so <laughs> <laughs> a little low carber. <clears throat> Did you yeah. really? Yep, yep, we took state, and that <laughs> was it. a good year. <laughs> Shout out to the entire football team and staff who did all of that uh, hard work. Impressive, <laughs> so, impressive, yes. Yeah, our arch nemesis in the Tacoma Dome. <laughs> um, but, wow. So was Karen, was she here? They were in Seattle as well. Yep. And she graduated also same place and no she um so she did um homeschooling actually okay so and she was a couple years older than me so she graduated um before i did but you guys are friends to this day to this day yeah she's (laughs) she's the yeah she's she's the kindred spirit i really needed and like the the iron sharpened irons and Mm. just i'm amazed at how god has led us to be friends over all these years because Honestly, we haven't really lived together that much. Um, she she graduated from the University of Washington a couple of years before I did and moved out to the East Coast. And so it was really, we would just have to go and travel together <laughs> to see each other. Just like in Africa, all the highlights are the times you come back for the fun. Exactly, exactly. But, but you keep each other sharpening in a, a day and age um amazingly you know that where the lord's blessed us to be able to do that with all the mm-hmm. technology we have and exactly. uh, stuff so that's so cool so, uh, that really highlights the importance of going together and mm-hmm. being you know alongside someone and in this life and the difficulty and you know holding each other accountable and really um kind of living out a navigator <laughs> i mean living out christ's calling mm-hmm. to us to go into the world and, and disciple and and make disciples 
Um, but, but then to not just abandon them, to come alongside and live life on life and sh- continue to sharpen one another and hold each other accountable, even from the very first meeting of, um, hey, I'm memorizing the scripture. Let's, I'm memorizing this whole book. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's do this together. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, she <clears throat> literally did that like a couple of years ago. She was like, hey, you want to memorize Hebrews with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's why I'm memorizing <laughs> Hebrews now is because she's like, she put it in my, my head to do yeah. it. And so, that yeah. kind of highlights something you had mentioned about your dad a while ago to me about whenever he would go somewhere and would take you along, he would throw you his little verse packet oh, yeah. and have you quiz him on it. And uh, just another great example of a faithful man who would not force it down your throat, but live life on life. Hey, I'm doing this. I'm memorizing mm-hmm. all of these verses. Quiz me on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking you to do it just you know, to memorize them yourself, but there was probably a lot of inspiration you got from that of like, great, I'm doing this with you, Dad. Yeah. And we're bonding between that, so. Yeah. I, I at the time, didn't memorize those, those scriptures, <laughs> <laughs> but I knew that they existed. And, yes. And now, like, you know, it's amazing how even in, in your youth, you know, as you get used to them and stuff, like God's still using that even yeah. if you can't quote it verbatim. Like, right. Yeah. And so. there's probably a lot of bonding that happens as you look back. Now that you're memorizing them this many years forward, you're looking mm-hmm. back on your childhood and go, oh, I remember when I did this one with, with yeah. dad or this one in this time in my life or how God used this in this way. So that's yeah. awesome. So so to your life trajectory now, you've graduated high school. You're going. You're staying local and going to um, Washington, uh, mm-hmm. the University, University of Washington, Washington. In Seattle. And uh, you're graduating as a, a an accomplished genius, <laughs> and you immediately get hired where? Uh, do you mean out of college? Out of college. Um, so. Uh, that was a struggle because I was trying to figure out what on earth am I going to do with my life after college. Um, and I remember As most people do. Yep, I remember vividly being on my knees, crying out to God, like, where do I go? What do I do? And um, he said, uh, he gave me like four different interview places. One was over in New Jersey with uh, Honeywell. One was uh, down in Florida with, um, it was like a... Concrete company? Gator wrestling, gator <laughs> wrestling company? No. Oh. Um, one was down in Oregon with a, a paper company, and then there was the last one was um, the Puget Sound Naval Shipyard, which I ended mm. up going with. Um, okay. So the, there was in Kind my, of all over the Yeah, it was all <laughs> over the place. And uh, yeah, and I remember just, you know, not sure what I wanted to do, but um, I really wanted to go to Florida, honestly, because I wanted to get into the sunshine. <laughs> Well, um, you were gr- born and raised in sunshine, yeah. and now you're... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, being in the Northwest was definitely hard with, the, with yeah. the the weather. But again, God just used it to help me trust Him and thank Him for for even the sunny days that I get, you know? So why did you end up staying in the Northwest instead of going to Florida? <laughs> yeah, that was totally God, because I would have gone to Florida, and I probably would not have followed God as well as I did, because even going mm. down there um, for the interview, it was... It was about work, but also about partying after yeah, work. Yeah. And so um, he, God shut the door because um, I, I would have, it would have been hard for me to All say no. All things equal, you would have picked it. Right, yeah. because they <laughs> they actually said they wanted to offer me a job, but then all of a sudden their company got a hiring freeze. Oh. Like, weird. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, like, God. Yes. So, 
just how God works. So you're at the Puget Sound Naval Shipyard now. You're doing amazing things. You're their chief scientist in the <laughs> bowels of the reactor. No, it took. It actually took me a couple of years. It takes everybody a couple of years to learn what they need us to learn to be the test engineers. We have um, all these qualifications we have to go through, and okay. then like a couple eight hour long tests that we have to take and then there's a board you have to sit to make sure that um right. you can actually You're not do just it blowing up yeah. reactors <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. and then uh you go like i remember passing that board and then it was like the following monday i was down in the thick of it on the aircraft carriers i'm like <laughs> what did i, did I get up? myself into <laughs> 18 decks down <laughs> yeah. why are people glowing <laughs> Uh, I wish people glowed. It'd make it more interesting. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're glowing on but, the inside. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, you know, 20 years from now, you'll hear a commercial. If you or a loved one have been affected, <laughs> are glowing in the night. <laughs> if you long, no longer find yourself in need of night lights because your spouse is glowing. Yeah. Uh, no. Call 1 800. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so you're, you're doing these great things. You're still involved in a local church are you doing navigators are you following in your footsteps uh, of your parents there doing navigators or is that just like who you are because of your culture that's like hey i was raised a navigator or you just kind of doing your own thing or um yeah i was kind of when i first moved over there i just found another church um to get to go to and then um there was actually two couples that came to the area and they started a navigator ministry and so i got involved with them cool um and yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was probably one of the best times of, of growth and, and ministry. Um, and I had a number of, of women in the house that God allowed me to buy um, that, you know, so it was just a, a great time of like being able to pour into people and mm-hmm. other people's pouring into me. Um, and all of these are military women. So you're like the one constant clean person <laughs> who... Is, has a normal job and everyone else is like, I'm, I'll be gone for nine. Okay, see ya. And, but you've got this whole rotating house of well, some women were like, and have house that one was a wife of like a guy who was deployed and um yeah um like, uh, there was a couple other civilians but yeah there were multiple yeah. you know military ladies Just an awesome life a, a time for life on life and mm-hmm. this great uh, community there so okay. Yeah. Just how God orchestrated all that. And of course, like looking back now, I'm like, oh God, you're so funny. <laughs> yeah, you were. Uh, my, how the tables have turned. <laughs> yeah. Now, as I'm looking at ministering to other military women, it's like, yeah, here was the practice. Right, right. Gave. And yeah, so, but I, ne- I, you know, I always thought that was cool, but my, my whole focus was very much on my job, right? right and I, right. you know, I knew God wanted me to, to be part of you know, the ministry with the navigators, but I didn't, I wasn't really discipling women that much or, mm-hmm. um, you know, going all in on that. Um, I, cause I was just so focused. I had so much of my energies had to be pulled out, poured out into the job cause yeah. it was a demanding job of just, right. um, putting out fires at work and trying to figure out how to, to test the reactors and right. not kill myself in the process. <laughs> or the rest of us, thank you. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, but God was so merciful in all of that because there was a lot of completely feeling completely overwhelmed and having mm. no idea what I was doing, but mm. God would show me what to do. So little by little. Little by little. Through. <clears throat> so you are there. That's where we meet. And, uh, you know, all of all the Navy people kind of, uh, navigator, Navy people, uh, center of gravity at your house, <laughs> the Crompton <laughs> Hospitality House. 
And um, now fast forward, I, I really want to get into, and we've we sort of laid the groundwork for this episode and <laughs> gone a long ways into laying the groundwork for this, but I want to get into the impetus behind now what you're doing full-time now and yeah. why the change, why the motivation, the why, the core value change. Because you, it sounds like you're raised in this. Mm-hmm. You were, you were, no, mm-hmm. you weren't, you were born yeah, into this. Yeah, I was born into you it. Were, you were yes. then raised into it. You had all of these great examples of men and women around your, your uh, life that were doing it. You've, you've witnessed how it's done, so it's not even a question. You, you then are doing it alongside your, your normal job. Your flesh is like, yeah, I should be focusing on this. And your spirit's like, <laughs> yeah, but we were, this is what we're made for. Like we were born, you know? And so you're, now you're even just doing it. Where was the trigger pull bes- between all of that now to where you are now? And for the audience, what are you doing right now? Yeah, it, I mean, so when I when we were part of the Navigator ministry, I definitely, I, I still loved God, and I wasn't trying to run away from Him, but there were definitely were things in my life that I did not give Him 100% mm-hmm. to, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's only looking back now, you know, as God opens my eyes to understand that, you know, I was still holding back a lot, yeah. and um, and he allowed me to go through some really hard times in um, just a lot of grief and pain. My grandma passed away, my dad passed away all in 2019, um, and then I had a, a boyfriend that um, broke up with me, and then um, COVID, of course, hit. <laughs> so much fun there, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, in that same year in 2020, I had a niece that um, died a year, a month before she was supposed to be born. So mm. just a lot of grief and a lot of pain. Um, and then I was also struggling at that point too of just um, the job I was doing at the shipyard. Although I had amazing bosses and I enjoyed the people I worked with, I just felt like I needed something different, and I was trying yeah. to look for something different and. Um, I just didn't know what to do. And so with all of that, God just allowed allowed a time of just wrestling with him, of struggling with, okay, God, I've seen you all, all my life, like, but do I truly believe, are you really good? Mm. Do I truly believe that, um, you know, you don't just set things up to pull the rug out from under people's lives, yeah, you yeah. know, that you are working for good even in these really hard times, mm. you know? And so I had to go through those that wrestling and that struggle. And I remember just going and reading through Job and just crying out to God because I felt a lot like what Job was saying, like, why did you even create me? Like, mm. this is so pointless. Like, why am I here? What am I doing? Um, there was a lot of depression and a lot of hurt that I had to go through. Um, but I remember in Job chapter 40, verse 8, it says, you know, would you condemn me to justify yourself, right? Yeah. And God is saying that, and he, he, that, like, just spoke right to my heart, just mm. knowing that's exactly what I was doing to God. I was saying, God, I know I'm right, and you have screwed <laughs> things up. And um, mm. and so I had to repent from that and just realize that that's, you know, God is God. Like, he knows so much more than me, and me sitting here saying that this life sucks, right? Mm. Like, um it's really just not putting God in the place that he really is. And so as I wrestled with all this and struggled, he mercifully helped me come out of all of that and um, allowed me to actually take a sabbatical from work, which was unheard of, like that my bosses (laughs) were like, yeah, you can take three months off, like just absolutely unheard of. Um, And they were very gracious and let me 
um, just take the time to really try to figure out, okay, what do I do? What do I want to do with my life? Um, and as I did that, I went to a navigator conference and, um, again, just how God leads. Cause I, you know, I, there was nothing in my life at that point that was really navigators, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, even my, my dad had passed away and my mom had decided not to be part of a navigator. So there was nothing navigators in yeah. my life at that point. And yet, um, this other couple who's starting a ministry over in the Bremerton area with the navigators, uh, the wife had forwarded me this invite to the the conference that was clear on the East Coast, and I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> my but... my best friend's over there. I'll I'll just use it as a trip. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what I ended up doing. I was like, well, I guess I could go see Karen, so yeah. I will go over there. And um, but that conference in July of 2021 was just exactly what I needed. I remember walking into it and feeling so like, why on earth am I here again? Yeah, because I wasn't yeah. connected with any of this. Like I should just leave, and yet I stayed and. I remember through that, God just really asking me to come to him to learn about who he is. And so I just spent the next three weeks when I was over on the East Coast um, just pouring over the scriptures and just writing down mm. attributes of God and just really seeing how how even in the midst of all hard circumstances, God is so merciful and so kind yeah. and so faithful to always fulfill what he says he's going to fulfill. Mm. And so that was just such a turning point in my heart. And I mean, so these three months of, of time away from my job as I was struggling with what do I do next, um, they were really hard times. And my mom can contest to it. <laughs> like um, there was a lot and I think a lot of spiritual battle of just trying to, because I I was still struggling with why why am I where I'm at in life, yeah, right? And yeah. you know, why have you allowed me to get to this point, God? Um and yet God, again, like looking back, it's like he was just mercifully just one step at a time yeah. <laughs> pulling me through. Like, <laughs> If I show it all this. to you, you're going to be right. whatever. Exactly. So we need like, to do this baby just, steps. <laughs> right. I was just reading in Exodus how like he did not take the Israelites the short way. He yeah. took them the long way <laughs> right. because he knew they would freak out <laughs> if he took them the short way through like the harder territories of people that could fight them. You, so. you don't you don't pick that up unless you look at a map and you're like, wait, they went where? Yeah. And, and you know yeah. there's a shorter path here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. But they had to go through, like you're saying, mm -hmm. they had to kind of do it themselves with God to realize his faithfulness, even though it's been there. Right. Because and that's and that's what God has shown me over and over is that He would not be good if He just took us on the short path and didn't realize the true need in our life is mm -hmm. Him, right? And so that's there's a parenting lesson in there somewhere, <laughs> somewhere well. in there, yes. <laughs> a marriage lesson. Uh, there's yes, all sorts of lessons. Absolutely, <laughs> it's applicable to so yeah. many parts of our life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for episode two. <laughs> yeah. Back with Joy. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. And yeah, but, and yeah, from those, those times, those precious times of pouring into God's word and just praying and praying, um, God opened up a, a lot of just amazing mm. things of who he was and just me being able to claim a, or realize a lot of the lies. Like I had this mental image in my mind that God was allowing all these people to just go on cruise ships and get on with their lives and they were having so much fun getting married and having kids and I'm I'm here just stuck in this like dinghy and I was like what mm. am I doing with my life yeah. and yet he flipped it around and helped me realize that he is with me in that dinghy and that's all that matters mm. right and that verse Psalm 84 10 that says 
uh, you know, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Mm. You know, I'd mm-hmm. rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. That mm. just struck home. Like, that's what's important is I get to be with my God. And it doesn't yeah. really matter where I am. Yeah. But that he is taking the time to personally train me <laughs> was like, whoa, God, okay, you care. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that that really spoke to my heart and changed I still remember vividly the the time over in the East Coast when that struck my heart and mm. helped me realize how he really loved me. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I want to I highlight that because, it, you know, we kind of just glossed right over that. But there's the practical lesson here is that you took time to be with God. Yeah. You, you stopped working. <laughs> literally now now mercifully they kept paying you <laughs> <laughs> actually i was living on savings at that oh point, there you go there even you better go. so uh-huh. so you took time to write white space into your life to to allow margin in your life for the lord to work mm-hmm. instead of the traditional american way of saying okay lord it looks like i've got tuesday evening free this week can you can you speak to me then otherwise we'll we'll reconnect again next thursday right like like, that's the traditional way of like, oh, I'm so busy. I've got all this going on, but I really need change. I really need fulfillment. I really need you to speak to me, Lord. So maybe let's plan on meeting Sunday morning when it's worship, and that's when we're supposed to be doing it. But but no, there's this this real practical truth that we see through Scripture. This isn't mm-hmm. just a one-off of like, I think I'll just take time off, and, <laughs> you know, that's a, a cool thing to do. No, there's scriptural precedence for people breaking away from the chaos, going to find God alone, and and then him answering in that moment. And and not that he's not there with you the whole time. I mean, look at what we just talked about your whole mm-hmm. life. You're born into this. You were raised all around it. <clears throat> You're given the opportunity to practice it now in your, your own home in Bremerton. He's there all of those times. But our attention span is so... Um, goldfishy yeah. <laughs> we're not we're not realizing it until you take the time to really focus on him and yeah. really turn your heart to him and and make that a a priority and and then he allows this to happen and so so what was the culmination of that yeah so again i was just i was blown away by god's love and so i knew that that god was asking me more and more to just to come to him more and more and to, to find out how to pour into others, really. Mm-hmm. And so I went to a, the Navigator camp here at the Whidbey, um, here out in Whidbey, <laughs> and was blown away because that was the first time in a long time that there's been actually a good community of people just mm-hmm. um, encouraging me and not being like, what is wrong with you? Why are you taking time away? <laughs> you know, like, you should be working, you know, you know, so all these lies that Satan had, like there was a community of people that poured into me and just said, mm-hmm. wow, that's awesome. I think that's awesome that you're trusting God, that you're seeking God. Yeah. Um, and that in that time, I knew that I needed to go seek out community mm. um, and I didn't know where. And so I had basically two options. I was looking out at here at Whidbey to see if I, if God wanted me to move out here or if I um, should actually go to the East Coast where my best friend is. And because yeah. and, there was a a couple that was starting a, a navigator group out there too near the DC area. Yeah. So I went out there for a couple of days um, and was praying about what do I do, God? And just for a number of reasons, God, um, two of them was one, God really impressed upon me that 
I had been so burnt out from work that I was really not in a place to just start ministry right away. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I knew that that's where I was going, <laughs> but I knew that if I went out there, that's that's basically what I would be doing is just yeah. jumping in to like the front line, and I just wasn't ready for that. And secondly, I just had a real strong passion that I wanted to look at what my dad had written, um, all the journals and diaries that he'd written over the years about his life. Yeah. And because um, before he passed away, he kind of passed those on to me. And ultimately, I'm still praying about making a book about it, but mm. that's definitely going to have to be God because <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> gotten on the back burner. Um, but just... Even I think even just reading through his diaries really helped me just have an idea of what he did um, with the ministry and mm. how much he trusted God and did things so many things in the background that um, that I had no idea. I remember reading this random story of him just um, I had bought this bed um, on a at a garage sale, but it needed screws. And so he just went and got the screws. And like, I never knew that he needed to go do that for me, but he did. And so that I would have a bed to sleep in. Like, and that is so the image of God, right? Of how behind the scenes, we don't even realize how much God is doing for us. You're concerned with what the bed looks like. Is it comfortable? (laughs) Right. He's like, hey, I just did this for you. (laughs) Yeah, I put it together. And like, if it weren't for him, it wouldn't, you wouldn't have a place to sleep. Right. (laughs) So... So just things like that that just really spoke to me and just how my dad was a man of, of the word of just mm. he he would pray and he would read the word and he you know just trusted God even yeah. even in the time that he was he was sick for over a year like on his bed sick like mm. um, but he just he knew that God was who he said he was and yeah. so yeah so that really helped. Me and now too. he knows that God is who he says. <laughs> yeah, in his presence now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. So you decided to then pursue ministry here on Woodby instead of the East Coast, mm-hmm. and that. Well, was... even then, I didn't know I was going to go into ministry. I just okay. knew I okay. needed community, yeah. and so when your parents were like because I texted them, I was like, hey, would you know of anywhere that I could stay? Or, you know, if I did come up to Whidbey and they're like, stay with us. (laughs) Like, oh, that's so sweet. So I didn't know what I was going to get myself into staying with your parents. But it was, I mean, God just so blessed it. It was so fun to be able to live with them and, um, yeah, Yeah. to be kind of part of your family. Well, you are part of our family now. Adopted, yeah. Adopted sister. We're all children of God, so we're we're technically brother and sister. This works, yeah. true. So. Yeah, well, it just it was just such a a gift from God to be part be part of that, and and then with that, you know, as I met with your mom, and as I was part of this community, just over and over, God just had, was convicting me of like you have been given so much, mm. you know. Um, so I want you to pour out to others. Yeah, and so you know, and I remember reading. Um, well, as I was struggling with what do I do next? What do I do next? God, God asked me to just again, take time to just thank him, right? I think often we just, we come to him so much, like you're saying, like, okay, on Tuesday night, you tell me what to do. Okay, good. (laughs) As opposed to, God, how about I just come and spend time with you and just love you for who you are and just adore you, thank you, instead of just being like, what do I do? What do I do? Um, Because that just honors him so much that we're just in his presence. Right. In Psalm 131, it talks about the, like a child who's, um, you know, with her, the parent, he's weaned, right? He's Mm. not like, he's not like trying to 
he's not like hungry, hungry, hungry. He's like, no, I know my food will be coming whenever. So right. and just having that mentality of I'm going to trust God for the next the next step and just enjoy his presence. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I was writing down all the, the attributes of God and just thanking him for it. And in that, I remember um, that he is my friend. And so I went to John 15, 15, because God led me to that verse about, you know, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends. Mm. And then the verse right after that says, and, you know, I you did not choose me, but I chose you and mm. appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And the Holy Spirit just arrow to the heart. And I was like, no, I don't like it. Because um, I still was like, I, I can't do this ministry yeah, thing. Yeah. This is so weird. Think of all the logistics involved. <laughs> Well, and I really didn't want to fundraise. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, he does. It's a lot. <laughs> um, and so, but, I, you know, I as I, I knew I needed to write it down, so I wrote it in my journal, like, and then about a month later, I was talking with Janet Eumann, and I just was like, I got to go all in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's when I decided that, yep, I'm going to join the Navigators and going to um, do what I need to do to trust God with the money and... Um, and he has blown me away at mm. how he has brought people around like yourself and who's just advocated for me and encouraged me. And, and like even in this last um, conference that I just come, came back from in, um, over in Maryland, like there were so many people that were just like, you are, you know, you're doing what God wants you to do. Yeah. Like, just yeah. like, wow, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> so uh, that's been so encouraging to see how God has um, just shown me that, you know, I'm on the right path to yeah. trust him. There's an affirming him. there that happens not not only financially. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a big affirming, like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I guess I am doing the right thing. But also in your soul, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of rest and peace Um after the chaos and after the, <laughs> yeah. the, the stress and anxiety of like, am I going to eat? <laughs> there's the, there's the, there's the rest in peace of like, okay, the Lord has, has chosen me for this. Like you, like you said, he, he appointed you for this. You were born into this and here you are um, fulfilling that. And not that the navigator ministry has to be that. They're mm-hmm. just another financial and, and tool mm-hmm. vehicle for the gospel message. But but that that is so much part of your history and blood already. I mm-hmm. mean, what a cool um, culmination of how the Lord has yeah. brought that around. And uh, and w- so, what was what would you say was your why? I mean, like you're you're in this great job. You're doing it. Why were you struggling? Why were you looking for something greater than what you had? What was that draw? Was it your dad getting sick? Was it was it this? non-contentment and where you were was it this i mean you had that house full of awesome people <laughs> and they were coming and going in your life but there was there's there's obviously something more in your mind that you're like there's mm-hmm. got to be more to this there's got to be lord where are you how do i find this how do i so what were the sort of the starts of those questions or, or the why behind that yeah it it definitely was um one my job was was getting to a place that was just not as fulfilling like mm-hmm. he had for about five years, I worked up in the, the office um, and I was helping the management and stuff, trying to figure out attrition rates and hiring rates and stuff. And initially, it was great because I, I like... You're not learned. 18 decks down in the <laughs> yeah. bowels of the ship. <laughs> True. And it was all day shift, which is amazing. And <laughs> and I was able to set up a pretty good system of like trying to figure out what we want to do. And so my bosses were very grateful for, mm. you know, what I did Um but then it got to a point where it was just like, okay, I feel like I've 
I've done all I can with this position and yeah. I'm ready to move on. Um, it was just more like data crunching every month sure. at that point. Yeah. And I just, um, there was no new like project to, to work on. And so um, that was part of it is like, I knew that I'd kind of finished with, with that. Um, so it was a general discontentment with where you were anyway, you're already mm-hmm. now going to look for the next career, mm-hmm. but then to shift that into saying, well, maybe not, maybe full-time missions. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big was, difference. <laughs> there was a huge difference, right? Because yeah, I was looking around at the shipyard because there, you know, there's so many other options around the shipyard, but nothing really was like, oh, that's so interesting. Um, and and I've known that I've, you know, I I really do enjoy talking about the scriptures and mm. talking about what God is doing. Yeah. Um, it's How do just, I do that more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I never really thought, oh, well, then go into ministry. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why that didn't click, yeah. but... Um. Thinking about it now, it's like, wait a second, you love talking about Scripture, you love talking about how Jesus has worked in your life. Yeah. Ah, ministry, nah, that can't be it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think part of it, too, is just the fears, right? Oh, there sure. Because there's a lot of fear of... Um, conflict like I don't enjoy conflict and I know yeah, you know talking yeah. about Jesus is going to bring conflict right. because you know he he's he was persecuted so I you know I fully expect to be persecuted sure. so um you know and and just the idea of people do look at you like what is wrong with you <laughs> why are you doing what you're doing um so just you know trying to remember that it's all for Jesus and that yeah. that doesn't matter what other people think um but yeah, it's. I'm so grateful that God has led me, but it it has been a huge process. It, yeah, it was not yeah. overnight that God like flipped right. the switch. It's still it was, a process. Oh, it's absolutely, yeah. Just came back from that conference, and that mm-hmm. was good. That conference feeling. was amazing, good. and like God answered all, every single prayer I could have asked, like from the <laughs> sunshine to safe travels <laughs> to you know everybody getting on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> So it just Good. was amazing. And then again, yeah, the, how many people were just so encouraging to me. Mm. Like multiple guys in the military came up to me and were just like, well, you know, we need more women that will reach out to the women in the military because, yeah. you know, they're seeing their friends in the military mm. struggling and they, you know, they don't have other women that they can pass them off to. Right. right? And right. it's this hard tension of like, I want you to grow, but like, you know, it's... <laughs> I, I can't do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> it makes it awkward. So, yeah. So I'm... It's amazing how God has, has led me and just excited to see. That's a good segue into what are you doing now yeah. with this mission? I mean, how are you How are you manifesting that here on Woodby? Yeah. I'm uh, First of all, just praying, 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 you know, that God would um, lead me because I don't want to run ahead of him. But uh, I know he's got, you know, good works for me. So... You know, I know that there's women out there that are are interested in growing and want to grow, mm-hmm. and so just that God would would lead me to those women that I can encourage, support, pray for, you know, walk with throughout whatever they're going through, you know, um, and help them have the tools that they need to to continue to grow themselves, right? Um, especially before they head out on deployments or head overseas or wherever they're going. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the, the time here on Whidbey is short and whatever I can do to help them be stronger so that, you know, when they're away from this community that's so strong, um, that they will, they will soar instead of flounder. Yeah. <clears throat> so what do you feel like the vision the Lord has called you to is for your, for you specifically? 
So a lot of it's one-on-one. I love meeting with women one-on-one, right? Just to really see their hearts, to really get to know them personally. um, And um, to try to tailor whatever they're going through to help them see that whatever they're going through, God has the answer Mm. in in his word, right? And, And how can they they themselves do that, you know, without me, but I, I would just be the yeah. conduit of helping them <laughs> initially, you know? Yeah. Um, but also, you know, just praying about, you know, putting together, um, you know, women's breakfasts and, mm. and things that, that bring women together and encourage one another to, to grow. And, um, I, I don't know fully what it's going to look like. It's still I'm developing. Still, <laughs> yep, it's absolutely still developing, and I think it'll be a continuing process. And I want it to be because it's as soon as I start thinking, oh, this is exactly what I'm doing, I feel like um, I miss the fact that I need to be continuing to, to abide in Christ and to to trust him with where we go with it. Um, yeah. Because I can easily be like, well, this is exactly what we're doing. <laughs> and he's like, mm, I don't think so. so. Well, it keeps you <clears throat> it keeps you curious, right? And then in turn keeps you engaged mm-hmm. and and interested in in that growth and and not not yeah not so routine or or fully satisfied that you're like okay this is boring and I should you know I've I've got the sword I don't need you anymore it's mm-hmm. my agenda um, but still fully satisfied in him in in the trust that he does have the next day planned out for you or the next event or the next group so and that's a lot of work I mean <laughs> like I'm just imagining the you know especially one-on-one it's not just let's go have coffee that seems seems like everybody's dream life right like oh I'm gonna quit my job and go have coffee for the rest of my life with people like great thanks uh, extrovert but at, <laughs> at the same time I mean there's there's an emotional cost here mm-hmm. that you are bearing the burdens of these women and and then not so readily giving them an answer um that they may want to hear or that the world would say is, oh, here's your practical next step. I mean, you have the difficult job of, as you mentioned, pointing them to Christ and showing him, showing showing them that he is that answer, which means you have to know that, <laughs> which, which means yeah. you have to, and, and you have so much experience from that, which you can relate to and say, well, this is how he, you know, has done this in my life. And, and so the Lord has just, you know, provided so many um, opportunities for relating to these women, but what would you say is uh, one thing that our listeners can be praying for you on that will stand the test of time? I mean, obviously you've got your day-to-day needs, the financial uh, needs as you go around pouring into other <laughs> other women all over <laughs> Woodby Island and beyond. But um, from a from a spiritual standpoint, um, guarding you from attacks, spiritual attacks, uh, and and allowing you to trust the Lord, what would be some things that you would ask for continued prayer and supplication? Yeah, definitely. Um, for my own heart to just be continuing to, to seek Jesus first. Right. Um, and you know, there is a lot of discouragement and hardship and I know it will come because, because everybody gets to decide, right. And I, I can find the women and think, Oh, these are the women that are going to go on (laughs) and then they can choose. No, I'm going to just turn away from God. Right. So just knowing that happens, like that I would be encouraged in Christ and not in, you know, Oh, I have these many women that I'm meeting with or whatnot, (laughs) but that it's just, it's about his story and whatever God wants. Mm. And so that, 
that people can just be praying that my heart would be just so in tune with Christ. I think of how Jesus was like, whatever, you know, you know, what I do, what the Father does, right? Like, that's what I want my heart to be like, to mm. be like, what am I, what I'm doing is what Jesus does, right? Yeah, and so yeah. if you're, um, but but that takes a lot of, yeah, a lot of prayer and, and support mm. and a lot of just, you know, remembering that I, I cannot do this on my own. It has to be God. It has yeah. to be his ministry. It's not me. Um, I, w- I was watching that devotion movie on the flight back. Oh, yeah. Um, and there was this scene where the, the, um, the Marines were like, you know, down with all the fire. The fire yeah. was coming at them. In the chosen reservoir. And, yeah, yeah. And like the, the planes came and like were able to, yeah. to, to <laughs> knock out all the, the enemies. And just, um, God just spoke to me in that, that scene of just like, that's what people are doing when they pray is they're the, they're the angels, the flights mm. that are coming in and giving the reprieve of those Marines yeah. in, in the ditch, right? Of like, there's hope, there's other, there's something else out there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I cherish prayers because I know that that, you know, God God uses that to to uphold people. Yeah, you you take know, a big breath. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yeah, exactly. It's like oh, well, we can make it through. <laughs> coming from an industry and a life where it's so built around the respect of what you do or how many things you've done or you know building your fit rep or mm-hmm. eval or your mm-hmm. job uh, description on and promotion boards on I uh, saved 365 million <laughs> yep. man hours, you know, whatever, like to now say, to now not make it about the numbers. Like you said, like I'm discipling 13 girls or I'm discipling whatever, mm-hmm. like, and really be able to focus on where the Lord is showing you the heart of that one woman that's mm-hmm. going to carry this on mm-hmm. or the one woman that's going to lead these others or whatever. And, and to be able to focus on that. I mean, what a neat testimony you have to see that in your dad's writings as he portrayed that through his life. And, and, you know, my, my dad had mentioned, my own dad had mentioned how our family had that connection with the Cromptons and over in Africa. And, um, apparently his uncle was over there at the time or, something like that. I'm getting the stories mixed up, but there's, you know, th- your, your dad had touched the Miller side somehow years back when my dad was at the Academy and they knew people that went over there. And I'm oh, like, the yeah. world your is dad started, so small. <laughs> yeah. Your dad started actually giving to a couple that worked with my parents yeah. over in Ghana. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's, back in the eighties. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> now, you're, it's, now you're living here and, and working here on the Island and right. doing, <laughs> like, Lord, is that, are you there? Is this you? <laughs> he is. He so, is so, yeah. What a cool, yeah, to be able to, you know, look back at these these Ebenezer's, these stones in our life that we pile together and say, look, Lord, that's where you were faithful. Look at that time. Oh, that's where you were faithful. Oh, that too? Like that? You did that? Like, yeah. that's got to be an encouraging part. And probably that one of the things that carries you on when when the devil can come in and say, or other people can come in and say, this is, you should be focused on these numbers, you know, even, even in ministry, right? Yep, How many times exactly. in, in ministry we're, we're focused on, well, have you reached your, your, your cap of how much money you should have this mm-hmm. month? And have you reached this goal and this thing? And those are great, but they're all manipulations of men to, to kind of bring about, attempt to bring about this gospel message as opposed to just trusting in the Lord that he's got this. And, um, 
that sounds terrifying. <laughs> but yeah. kudos to you for for leading us along in your exceptional uh, faithfulness to the Lord so that we can live on the fringes of this and soak in the glory of God as we witness you forward in this, which is which is why I'm having you Thanks here on this too. podcast because it's encouraging. <laughs> it's selfish, but it's encouraging oh. me, my heart, and it always does to encourage. And I know everyone else listening is is going to be encouraged as well because um, because those are the heroes of the faith, right? Seeing like oh, it can be done because we have the same we have the same fears, right? Mm-hmm. That we don't share or communicate, and we say, how does how does the Lord want me to to deal with this? Do I go to the left or the right? How do I trust him in in this oh but and we come up with all sorts of excuses well i've got uh, a wife and kids that i need to care for oh i've got you know this this great degree that i just spent four years working on i can't just give that up or i've got this whatever these responsibilities and yet to be able to to say no yeah I, i'm doing it and and God you know will take the you lord is one we're, step at a time yeah, like, one step at a time. believe me <laughs> i've had all those fears yeah <laughs> Yeah. So. I need this and this and this. <laughs> like, I got you, girl. I got you. You okay. don't need this, but you do need this and this more in abundance. And I got you on this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. so let's wrap this up by by um, sharing with everyone, if you will, you're writing this book or you had started <laughs> writing this book. Your dad. Yes, that's and, something and, you can be praying for. And the, and the faithfulness of your own father yes. in mm-hmm. in both the the awesome times, but also just the life of mundane and as mm-hmm. a father and husband uh, who is struggling with the same sort of things of like, I, I need to provide for my family, but also I know that this is where the Lord has called me. Mm-hmm. And so he blessed you, your dad blessed you with this before he passed in. Here's my story. Now, it's easy for those of us on the outside to say, he blessed you with this so that you can share it with the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> but also, as you mentioned already, he used, he, obviously, he gave this to you, and look at what you're doing now. And, and there's a point where we have to look back and say, did he, Lord, did you give him this to Joanne so that she can be encouraged now as she's going forward in the same life and the same trust mm-hmm. and the same ministry? So are you still planning on writing a book about your dad and the navigators and and all that and and if so um how's that coming (laughs) (laughs) and if if not what are you what are you going to do what what is the plan with that yeah i honestly need to pray more about it because i i mean i would really i really would like to it's just it's hard (laughs) and there's a lot in there that um i mean i have a great outline that i've created of the stories that i'd like to put together um, but, uh, there, it's going to take a lot of work to put it all mm. together. Yeah. And so just trying to figure out, God, is that where you want me to spend my time and energy? Mm. Um, and if so, help me take that time, you know, you know, set that aside as needed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a lot more prayer of just the wisdom of, again, like trying to figure out my, my time and, and how to use it for God in whatever facet he has for me because he's now my boss. <laughs> so I have to check in with him a lot more. <laughs> that is a good way to put it. Yes. Yes. He's the one that writes your your fit reps and yes. your promotion boards and who you have to take your marching orders from every day. And honestly, I'm feeling at peace of just letting it sit for a little while. Yeah. And so, marinate. Right. And even as I'm doing that, I'm I'm listening and reading other books and I'm getting more like, oh, this is this is a cool way of writing this. So right. I'm like, yeah, you don't want to just jump into it and, and just to publish something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't I don't know what God is doing. I mean, I think there's a lot there that 
people would be so encouraged. I mean, like I was encouraged reading through it. So I think there's a lot that I could pass on to others that would be so encouraging, but it's also, it's all God. Like yeah. it has to be God. Like there's, <laughs> they talk about fears and like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no way I can do it by myself, but God, yeah. will, God will make a way if that's what he wants. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, it has been a joy having you on the air this morning with us, and I'm excited to have you on the air next time. <laughs> uh, we've This has been a very serious, uh, very like down-to-earth episode on um, on how the Lord has worked and, and really just giving encouragement to those listening on on that it's possible and, and you can do it and that, you know, it doesn't take special, you know, you are, you're faithful, you're answering His call, and that's what it's about, and and I'm so blessed to be able to have um, walked through this and getting to hear you share all of that. And I'm looking forward to the next one where we get to talk all about the fun side of <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> what it looks like to not have a nine to five agenda. So <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> tune into part two for some uh, exotic traveling <laughs> tips or things by Joanne. So <laughs> uh, thanks. Sue. All right, and as my kids would say, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Anavivo podcast. We welcome your feedback and ideas. You can learn more about us by simply Googling the word Anavivo. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. I am a licensed real estate broker with Compass Real Estate and a nationwide real estate matchmaker. We consult with you for free, find and vet the right real estate professional that specializes in the area and niche you need, are paid by that professional, and they get clients like yourself who want and need their unique specialty or winning track record. If you or someone you know is in the market to buy or sell real estate anywhere in the U.S., don't simply web search the highest paying advertiser. Let us use our licensed experience to find and vet the real and best professional for you. It costs you nothing but a phone call or email with me, and it saves my clients financially and emotionally. I'd be honored to serve and you can reach me direct by email at tim.c.miller at outlook.com. And as always, to God be the glory. <laughs>